the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God, he knows what we're going to do. This is why we have to redirect ourselves and say, I'm going to make the right choices here, not the wrong choices. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbert. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth right from the Bible. For more information, log on to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. One thing for sure, we should think about what we're doing. We should think and say, God, I just, I want to start doing what you asked me to do now so that it matters then. It's something to think about. Why is that? Because we can change for no matter who we have been up to this point, to this day right now, there's still time to become who God has called us to be from the foundation of the earth. Yes, today could start a whole new chapter in our lives for we can do all things through Christ, right? It's not because of us. It's just allowing him to work through us. Yes, when we decide to be who God has called us to be, it can simply change everything. No longer do we have to settle for a life of depressing inadequacy, but rather we can live a life of victory and triumph. When we are reading our Bible, when we're going to church, when our prayer time is consistent, when we're hanging out with other people who are living for Christ instead of hanging out with people that don't know Christ, when we're staying away from those areas of sin that we used to live in, then that's when we're going to be a light and a voice to this dark world that we're living in. Amen? And that's when God can use us. That's when God uses us. It's simply what happens. That's who he uses. You wonder, well, God's never used me. Well, maybe there's a reason for that. You start being the person, the man or the woman that God wants to use, and guess what? He'll start using you. That's just the way it works. Know this. We can do all things in Christ when we allow Christ to do all things in us. Remember, Abraham died a satisfied life. Yet Ishmael went on to have 12 sons, and he died somewhat of a loner living to the east of his family. The Bible said that he was a wild donkey of a man. We're told in Genesis 16, 12, that he was against everyone, and everyone was against him. Wow. What does that tell you? I mean, he's against everyone. He had a, he had a bone to pick with everyone, and everyone had a bone to pick with him. We're told in Genesis 25, 18 here, in this chapter we're looking at today, that he was in defiance of all of his relatives. So it wasn't just he had an issue with his neighbor, the guy down the street, the guy on the next farm over. Oh, he had an issue with all of his relatives. I mean, he was just a bone to pick with everybody. 
I wonder if that would describe anyone here today. Are you a kind of a bitter person? You kind of got a bone to pick with everybody. Like, I live in a world of idiots. Everyone's an idiot but me, maybe. Do any of us live in that hostility, in that defiance of all of those that are around us? I wonder if you're carrying grudges and you don't forgive people. Remember what the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12, 13. It says, the conclusion when all has been heard, like you can have everyone talking mumbo jumbo, blah, 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 blah. He says, when it's all over, you better fear God and keep his commandments. You better fear God and keep his commandments because this applies to every person, every man, every woman, for God will bring every act to judgment, everything that is hidden, whether it's good or evil. So it's like, you know, you sit there, you got a bone to pick with everyone and all this, and everyone's an idiot and all this. It's like, guess what? You're going to stand before God. And everything you did, how you acted, how you reacted, how you didn't forgive, how you bore grudges, all of these things will all be thrown back right in your face on the day of judgment. Yes, Ishmael died. He was a spiritually bankrupt individual, and he left nothing behind, nor was he missed. Goodbye and good riddance and throw the dirt on his coffin. You know, how sad, how sad to die that way. And I've seen people die that way. I've been at the funeral. I've done funerals, but I've been at the deathbed where people have died and just there's nobody there and nobody cares because that's how that person lived their whole life. Remember, if we live right, then we'll die right. But on the other hand was Isaac, the promised son. He was a faithful man. He loved the Lord, and he loved his wife, Rebecca. Remember? He chose to love her. He didn't know her, and they got married. Like, you know, it's like a planned wedding, and, you know, they went to a far land, brought her back, and that's your wife. And it says he loved her. He chose to love that woman. He didn't know her, but he chose to love her. He chose to forgive her. He chose to come alongside her. He chose that, and therefore, he did it. And that's what we have to do in a marriage. When we're in our marriage and all of a sudden the honeymoon's over and it's no more like strolling around the apartment a la Garden of Eden apartment and all that fun's over. Then all of a sudden it's brass tacks living and all of a sudden you're like, who is this person? I don't even know who this person is. I married you? What was wrong with me? Was I drunk? I mean, it's like, you know, this is crazy. And it's like, but that's where you have to choose to love that person. You have to choose to forgive them. You have to choose to move on in those times that you don't want to move on. These are the choices that we have to make. And yes, God used Isaac because Isaac had a heart to move on. So Isaac now, though, in our text, has lost both of his parents, you know, and God now passes on his promises from Abraham to his son Isaac. So now we have it passing on to a new generation. Now we will see God move in Isaac's life. God provided him with a godly wife in Rebekah. The Bible told us that she was beautiful, that she was a virgin. But imagine how blessed Rebekah was. Again, this was a planned marriage. She didn't know who this guy was, but guess who she got married to? 
she got married to the man that God had preordained for her. She waited for the man that God had for her. Isaac was handsome. Hubba hubba. He was rich, which doesn't hurt. And most importantly, he had a solid relationship with the living God. That's worth waiting for, the solid relationship with the living God. These are the things that we look to so many times. We put looks and we put possessions over what is the spiritual condition of this person I'm about to go into a covenant relationship with. We should be looking at that over everything. Isaac had all of these things, but the main thing was he had a solid relationship with God. And right when you think everything's perfect in paradise with Rebecca, the beautiful woman, the virgin, and the good-looking stud muffin Isaac, everything's great. They got money. They got wealth. They got all these things. Not so good because Rebecca realizes after two decades of marriage, almost 20 years, she is just like Isaac's mother, Sarah. She's not able to have children. And after 20 years of marriage, she's still barren inside. Let's read Genesis 25, 21. It says, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived But the children, uh, not one, but there's two of them in there. The children struggled together within her. And she said, if it is so, why then am I this way? So she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. And two peoples will be separated from your body. And one people shall be stronger than the other. And the older shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. Now the first one came forth red all over like a hairy garment. Okay. And they named him Esau. Verse 26, afterwards, his brother came forth and his hand holding on to Esau's heel. So they named and called him Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when she gave birth to them. And when the boys grew up, Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the field. But Jacob was a peaceful man living in the tents. Now, Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for game. But Rebekah... She loved Jacob. Wow. Yes, I'm sure Rebecca was grieving in her heart. I'm sure that she shed many tears over the fact that she couldn't have children. I mean, come on, it's like 19 plus years. You're not getting pregnant. We're doing all the things. We're doing the tango, but it's not working here. And no children. And that's when Isaac, knowing the promises of God, He told my dad, Abraham, that his descendants would outnumber the sand of the sea. So, okay. All right. So Isaac, being a man of faith like his father, he stepped in and he prays for his wife. And after being barren again for almost 20 years, suddenly, bing, walla, bang, Rebecca becomes pregnant. Yet, even for this new mother, she knew something is wrong here. 
Yeah, she felt like there was a UFC cage fight going on in her womb. I mean, I mean, like, okay, like she's never had a baby before. She doesn't know what it's like. But all of a sudden, it's like, I mean, they're like, I mean, it's like, who knows what's going on? I can see other women coming in. Well, the baby's just moving. I can see her pulling up her thing. Does this look normal? You know, who knows what was going on? So even this new mommy, she said, hey, something is rotten in Denmark here. And as a godly woman, she knew exactly where to go for answers. As verse 22 says, she inquired of the Lord. She prayed, oh God, what is going on in here? Something is just crazy here. I wonder where you turn when something crazy is happening in your life. Like, what do you do? Like, obviously, she never had kids before, but like, this is not normal, okay? Well, what do you do when this is not normal in your life? We have to pray. We have to go to the Lord. Like, Lord, what's the direction that you want us to take in this? But just like your life, no matter what happens, like, what are you going to do? We have to pray about it. I love what Psalm 61 says. He says, hear my cry, O God. Give heed to my prayer. From the end of the earth, I call to you because you were my heart is faint now. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Notice how the psalmist says, hear me, Lord. Give heed to me. I need you right now. I don't know what to do. I need you to lead me. I need you to put me on some kind of solid footing so I know where to go next in this. Is that what you do? Because that's what we are called to do. Rebecca prayed and God answered her. For God knows everything. He's outside of time. Did you know that? We're told in Ecclesiastes 3.15, it says, that which has been already and that which will be has already been. For God seeks that which has passed by. God is outside of time. See, me and you are regimented by time. God is outside of time. So God is like right here looking down at us right here, right now. But he already jumped over here and he looked down over here five years from now. He's already looked down 10 years from now. He knows exactly when Jesus Christ is coming back. He knows exactly the end time scenario. He knows exactly what has to happen for the Antichrist to come in and take over the world. The United States has to dissolve. He's got to come in on the white horse. He's got to pull the whole world together because the Bible says there will be one world government, world governing empire in the end. There hasn't been one since Rome. And so we've gone a couple thousand years and there's been all these separate nations, but there's going to be one world governing empire and Satan is going to be the Antichrist. He is going to rule it. How can God predict with exacting detail all of these things? Because he's outside of time. He's already seen it play out. So he comes back and he writes it all and it's all perfect because he's already seen it. How does that work? I don't know. I'm not God, but he is. And he's already seen it all. It's already happened. Yes, God has seen it all before it happens. Our lives have been a divine pour out from him. That's why I said in Psalm 139, he says, I know all of your days before you had not one of them. So before we even came out of the womb, he says, I knew all of your days. Yes, God has a divine plan, just like he had a divine plan for Jacob and Esau in Rebekah's womb. So God tells us before, he's like, look, I already know everything that's going to happen, but I need you to play this out, and I want you to make the right choices in the meantime. 
So again, you know, here, you know, we have the choice to make good choices or bad choices. Choices that are based on God's will established in his word, not on our emotions or our feelings. Now here in our text, God reveals the lies of these two boys, these twins that are in Rebecca's womb. You know, there's two different natures living inside of you, girl. Two completely different people inside of you. Just like we have two natures living inside of us, don't we? We have that desire to do good. Then we have that desire to do bad. I'm just going to be bad today. We have that sin nature inside. And that's why we have to make good choices. But listen to what God said about these two boys in Romans 9, 13. He says, Jacob I loved and Esau I hated. Wow, that's pretty brutal. I mean, when you first read that, it seems pretty harsh, doesn't it? Well, I love Jacob and I hated Esau. Yes, it would be like, uh, okay, but let me point out here that that Hebrew word or the Greek word, I should say, for hated there can be translated in two different ways. It can be translated to detest this person or to love them less. And it was actually both. (laughs) God did both with him. Okay. So God did love Esau less, but why? Did God love him less? There was a reason. Look, whenever God does something, there's a reason behind it. You can believe that. So why did God love Esau less? Because of the life that Esau chose to live. And of course, he already knew what that was. And God certainly detested what became of Esau and his future descendants. For it was through Esau that the Edomites would spring from, the Edomites, and they became arch enemies of Israel. In fact, God cursed the Edomites for their wickedness in Isaiah uh, chapter 34, verse 5. He says, for my sword is satisfied in heaven. Behold, it shall descend on judgment upon Edom and upon the people whom I have devoted to destruction. Because they were just wicked sinners. God's like, you know, I just need to wipe you out. Yes, God knew the choices that Esau was going to make. And the same could be said for you and for me. God, he knows what we're going to do. This is why we have to redirect ourselves and say, I'm going to make the right choices here, not the wrong choices. See, God was revealing who these boys would become while they were still in their mother's womb. There would be two separate distinct people emerge out of of the womb. It's like the same cocoon, the same mom, the same dad, but these two kids are going to go two different ways. But how would the older serve the younger? Because the older is the one that always carries the birthright. Because it didn't start off that way because Esau, again, The oldest, his name means Harry, and Harry he was. The Bible says he looked like a hairy garment. But anyway, but as he grew up, he became a man's man, Esau did. He was a hunter in the fields. He was probably strong and studly. It says in verse 28 that Isaac loved him. He loved Esau. Why? Because, man, he was just a man. Yet it was quite the opposite for Jacob. His name means heel catcher, deceiver. Remember verse 26, it said he was born hanging on to Esau's foot. Imagine that. Jacob was born literally only a couple seconds after his brother. He came out like right afterwards. 
But he's been living in the shadow of Esau his whole life. Esau has the love of his father. And maybe all the other men that are around them, they all talked about Esau. Oh, man, did you see that big old buck that Esau took down? Look what Esau did. Oh, man, Esau's the man. And I don't know what it is with us guys. We just like to brag on our sons. You know, it's like, yeah, my son, he's a beast. And where do we find Jacob? He's baking a cake with his mother. He's in there hanging out in the tent. Maybe he's helping all the ladies do the laundry. And it says that Rebecca loved him. And maybe all the women, oh, you, you, Rebecca, you're so blessed. Your son is just such a blessing. My, my son's out there trying to take off after Esau. But your son's in here baking cupcakes. You know, it's like whatever, you know. And it's like, so, you know, there was just these two different things that were happening inside. I wonder how much that played against Jacob, though, as he got older. It's one thing when you're young. But how did it play when he got older? A boy needs his dad. My dad was a truck driver. He was hardly home. And, and when my parents divorced, he left. You know, maybe you can relate. Both Esau and Jacob seemed to resent their lives. First, Esau, as he was hunting one day, he stayed out longer than he had anticipated. And well, when he got home, he was starving. I, I get that. Anyway, he comes in, and, and all of a sudden, you know, there's, there's Jacob in the kitchen. He's cooking, got his cake going over here. He's got a bowl of stew going with beans in it and everything. And, and that's where we find him. So let's read what happens here in chapter 25, verse 30. It says, And Esau said to Jacob, Please let me have a swallow of that red stuff there, for I am famished. Another word for, I'm starving here. Feed me some food. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, first, sell me your birthright. And Esau said, behold, I'm about to die here. So of what use then is this birthright to me? And Jacob said, first, swear to me. So he swore to him and sold his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and lentil bean stew, and he ate and he drank and he arose and he went away. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Wow, what a horrible choice. Esau sold his birthright for a bowl of bean soup. Understand, that was the most precious commodity that Esau owned. It was the title deed to a double portion of the family inheritance. It was the right to be the chief and priest of his family. It would be like you and me denying our faith in Christ. Look at the truth behind Esau's decisions. That's revealed in Hebrews 12, 16 in the New Testament, looking back on that very moment. It says in Hebrews 12, 16, that there would be no immoral or godless person like Esau, who sold his own birthright for a single meal. Notice the writer of Hebrew uses these words. He's an immoral and godless person. And that's exactly what Esau became. He was immoral. Immoral is a word for a fornicator. He's out sleeping with all kinds of women. You know, godless is a word for just being a heathen. Yes, Esau had no desire to serve God. He was a heathen fornicator, sold out to his own sexual gratification. And he went on to completely bring shame upon his godly parents 
by marrying two heathen women had no concept who God was. Listen as we end here to the words about Esau in Hebrews 12, 17. It says, when Esau desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it with tears. It's like, too bad, you made all these horrible decisions. It's over for you. You you chose the path that you were going to go down. You got on that highway and you never got off. Yes, Esau was striving internally because of his decisions and the choices that he made. And it caught up with him at the end of his life. So as we end here today, you know, where do you find yourself here today? You know, what choices and, you know, what path have you been on? Listen, at the end of Esau's life, he stayed on that path and he just died who he was. Ishmael, he died who he was. He was a wild donkey of a man. But you, you have the choice to be different. You can be different today. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilbur of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.